Guillaume. Good to have you on the podcast. Hey, Ardis. Thanks a lot for having me. Happy to be here. So uh, could you please tell our audience a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name is Guillaume Moubesh. Uh, I'm French, as you can probably hear it from my accent. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Lemlist, the coolest sales automation platform on the planet. <laughs> Got it. So um, today I want to talk with you about like entrepreneurship, business, uh, email outreach, uh, email marketing, and so, so many other different things. I'm super, super excited to talk with you today. But um, before we jump into that, um, could you please tell us, um, yeah, how did you start at Lemlist? How did you uh, get into entrepreneurship? Um, I think like a lot of our listeners would love to hear your story. I know that, that you're like scaling to crazy numbers right now, uh, already making like over 2 million in annual recurring revenue. And um, so, so yeah, give us a glimpse a little, and, and, and share, us a little, share with us a little bit of uh, about your story. Share with yeah, us. definitely. So, um, Prior to starting Lemlist, I actually, like, um, just outside of school, I built a lead generation agency with a, a friend of mine. So we started essentially, like... How old were you back then? Uh, <laughs> I was maybe, like, uh, yeah, around, like, 25 or something. Oh, okay. uh, so, so it was... Uh, How old are you now? You look super young. I thought that you were, like, 26 <laughs> or something. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm 29. I look, uh, I look ah, okay. super young, but... Uh, <laughs> I put a lot of anti-aging screen. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. So essentially, um, we we basically like build this agency, and uh, we were helping companies find their their new customers. Initially, I didn't know anything about that industry, but my friend actually worked in B two B in the past and was like, "Yeah, I can tell you. Like, we can help people find. Uh, you know, during his internship, he was doing a lot of outreach." And it was like, I'm sure we can do that for other companies and get them like better results. And because initially I'm actually like also engineer, even though like I have a master in marketing, I love to do like uh, and run tons of experiments. So I was like, okay, we're going to start doing tons of experiments for our potential customers. And um, eventually, you know, like uh, the agency was working well and we were using like uh, a lot of different tools to run like uh, cold email campaigns to basically like... Uh, help our clients get new customers. And mm -hmm. after some point, I was like, okay, like those tools are just like breaking my nerves. They were always something that was missing. I was always like getting very poor customer support. And I was like, how is this possible in an industry that's like really like booming where every mm -hmm. single sales rep is using a tool like this. What, what, what kind was, of tools yeah. were you using back then? Or don't you want to fire shots at your, at your competition right now? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I use pretty much like all the tools. So like Woodpecker, uh, Mailshake, uh, Reply.io, etc. Shots like, fired, I, I would say. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Boom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And to be honest, I mean, with time, obviously some of them really improved, etc. But at that yeah. time, I was like, seriously, like that's not possible. And uh, I was also really like, uh, I, I didn't really understand, you know, because all those uh, platform and online software were saying essentially like, put yourselves on autopilot. And for mm. everyone who has worked in sales at least like once in their life, they know that there is no such thing as autopilot. You know, like sales yeah. is all about like building relationship, being more human, etc. However, everyone is bullshitting about, yeah, it's fine. Just put everything on autopilot and yeah, complete bullshit. Easy. But this is bullshit. Yeah. You know, like when you start your yeah. company or can you, you work in a sales department, 
you're going to see yeah. that it's uh, it's not true and eventually i was like okay i'm kind of sick of this bullshit and i understand why people are sick too yeah brothers sorry to interrupt but um i think this is a great takeaway for everyone who is listening to this because last week i was on a consulting call with one guy and um he wanted to work with me because he knew that we scared our whole business uh around like email marketing we, we are like leveraging email marketing to the maximum um and we, we we are working with like uh we've helped clients like jordan harbinger he has like one of the oh, biggest nice. podcasts in the world we are currently working with uh cameron harold he's like he built like three companies and scared them to a hundred million and above um we're working with kirk duplessis like 200k youtube subscribers like a lot of big guys and um he he who wanted to work with me and we were on on a, on a consulting call and he were like okay like Give me the script so I can just send out a thousand emails and like get clients on autopilot. And I was like, man, this isn't how like email marketing is working. Like yeah. <laughs> you can't just send like mass email people and expect that yeah, you are that making money. Work. Like it, it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people they're getting, uh, that's sorry because I, I wanted to interject here. Um, because I think like a lot of people have those false expectations. I think like, It is possible that you can make money easily and yet that you can make money fast. But um, the, the, the dream of uh, smoking marijuana and smoking weed and, and drinking beer on the beach and then getting all the clients <laughs> like, man, this doesn't work. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's for sure. And to be honest, I like for me, it's really like um, it's really annoying when I see all these messages because I think like a lot of people start uh, you know their journey of being an entrepreneur with really like false ideas and really false expectation and when they face you know like uh, what the real world is they're like oh my god i'm gonna quit you know however yeah. if you look at it saying like yeah of course it's gonna be tough of course it's gonna yes. take a lot of your energy but in the end you will make it if you're consistent and if you awesome. persevere then you know like eventually people are like okay that's fine i know i'm gonna spend maybe a year or two prior to having like a, a profitable business, but yes. I'm ready for it, you know, and I'm not expecting to be like a overnight success, like all these uh, fake ass uh, <laughs> entrepreneurs are yeah. telling uh, everyone, you know, it's, it's not true. It, it, it doesn't work like that. And I think um, that there are shortcuts to success. I think like if you are like listening to the right people, people that are already getting the results, if you are listening to to guys like Galom here on the podcast, um, I think that you can definitely learn and that there's definitely a way to shortcut um, your way to success. But um, for me speaking personally, like um, being in this great position that I'm in right now, it took me like five years or four years. Like, um, yeah, so I sense. think like, Yeah, so I think a lot of people have those expectations. Oh, I'm just doing everything on my own and I'm just like trying a lot of things and experimenting a lot. And yeah, in, in 30 days, I'm going to it like 100K. Like, man, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work like that. Yeah. So uh, let, let's get back to your story. So um, you, you were like scaling a, a B2B lead agency and you were yeah. getting clients and were you like already at the point where you were like, okay, now I'm like making serious money or was it just like, okay, I'm can, I can pay my bids. Uh, I can like go to the restaurants, buy, uh, buy a couple of nice things, but it wasn't like, okay, I'm now making like 50K a month or something like no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, it was, it was okay. not like 50K a month, but uh, we were getting like very quickly. What's, what's nice, I think when uh, you built an agent, is that you can scale to the level where at least you can pay your bills, go to restaurants, yes. etc. pretty yes. quickly. 
Uh, so for us, like uh, within a couple of months, we were around like, I don't know, five to six K and it was just awesome. the two, like, uh, and then quickly we went to 10 K, etc. And uh, eventually I kind of got um, sick of two things. Uh, client management, meaning that you know, how much were you uh, charging? How much were you charging? Yeah, like like low ticket, like four hundred yeah. a month, or, or yeah, like two exactly. k per month. We were we were too cheap, so ah, that's, okay. that's some that's a, a lot of work for the ten k. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like initially actually, but it was a bit crazy because we closed like I, I remember we were closing like deals at like uh, five hundred euros per month, okay. and then. I was like, okay, this is very cheap for the work we do. And I was yeah. like, okay, but if we increase price, like uh, our conversion rate is going to be lower, etc. And then we mm. lost two deals because we were like too cheap. So I was like, okay, <laughs> fuck that. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to close hard. And I was like, when the person asked, I was like, yeah, it's like uh, 3K or 4K per month. And he was like, okay, that sounds fair, like fair price. He didn't even try to negotiate. And I was like, seriously, like I was charging 500 bucks for that. It's exactly the same service. And I'm like... Okay, oh. I can make like eight times the money. So I'm like, okay, like we definitely did some mistakes at first. But um, yeah, sorry. And I, and, I think, and I think this is also a great takeaway for our listeners because um, I think a lot of people that especially they start, uh, when they start out, um, they, tend to, they tend to not value their work the right way, if this makes sense. They think, oh, I have to be the cheapest. Oh, I have to yeah. sell uh, my, 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 my services for a couple hundred of bucks. But um, what you will find out over the years and we, when, you, when you finally gain a little bit of experience is what I found out that price is only about like positioning yourself in the right way and about like increasing the perceived value of your service. That for instance, um, because our sales copy, like we scared like our whole agency with, with email marketing. And at first we were like saying, okay, like, okay, we charge like 300 bucks or 500 bucks. We are like, um, our main, main service is we are booking uh, entrepreneurs and public figures on, on, world-class podcast so that's basically the business model like helping them get booked on shows um and we are first it's charging like 300 and 400 bucks and um what we find out is a couple of people were already saying at this point oh man you're like way too expensive and um and we are now at this point where we have clients on retainers for 5k per month and above so we couldn't charge the prices that we were char charging now because back then our positioning was bad. Like yeah. we weren't like highlighting the value of our service. We weren't like selling it the right way. We weren't positioning ourselves as experts and we weren't positioning ourselves as having a lot of authority and a lot of leverage in this area. So I think um, what you will find out is um, if people don't pay you a lot of money, if they don't pay you like, 2k 5k 8k 10k per month um a lot of it is due to poor positioning if this makes sense yeah definitely definitely and i think it's it's something like uh, a lot of people as you mentioned like a lot of people in the early days they're like i'm gonna be the cheapest and you think that yes you can, I, I did the same I, mistake yeah. i did yeah. the same. I, i'm no different like <laughs> yeah. i was I like the... selling shit for a hundred bucks so. <laughs> <laughs> but i think like yeah what people don't understand with that is that they the perceived value is, is really like poor when, uh, when you put a price that is low. And on top of it, what I've noticed is that the customers or clients that are going to pay low price and always yes. negotiate on price are going to be like the worst pain in the ass that you will meet. People that yes. are willing to pay money, you know, they're like, okay, I'm happy to pay. I'm expecting a, a decent quality service, but I'm happy to pay. 
then you know it's like you have more room for you if you need to invest a bit on other things you can and at least you know like you you have good relationship with your clients and uh, if it's too cheap it doesn't work we, I don't want to mention names here, but but we have like one very prestigious client, like name very, drop, very prestigious. <laughs> we have like one very, very prestigious client. And he's like the lowest maintenance guy on the fucking planet. Like we just spoke to him on like a top 30, like self-improvement podcast in the world, getting hundreds of thousands of dollars. He's like, bam, bam, bam. Let's go, 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 go. Uh, super easy. Like sending us one liners, no stress. No, we have clients from back then on retain us for 300 bucks a month and and they're like oh send me a different this and this and 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 they're way more maintenance and um this is exactly also what i found out i think there's like also exceptions like obviously not all people that are not paying a lot are like a pain in the ass like obviously yeah, we have a lot yeah, of yeah. clients that are not paying us uh um they are not paying us like a lot of money but but it's it's still like okay there's 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 like it's it's fine but um yeah i totally get where you are coming from i think definitely that there's like um that people who tend to not pay much they're more pain of the ass and i think this goes for every area what i've like i'm not uh in the ebook area or selling like uh, uh information products um but but what i found out like from people who are like selling information products they say like oh man the people they've bought my like ten dollar ebooks they're like opening like 10 support tickets and <laughs> going batshit crazy. So, yeah, yeah. so, so um, let's come back to you. Let, let's circle back to your story. So uh, you were scaling your agency. You were realizing, okay, like all the softwares out there, they're garbage. Like, um, so, so um, this probably ignited the journey on creating your own software. Yeah, right? Definitely. Especially that uh, because at that time, um, Initially, my co-founder and uh, and me, we wanted to to start like a, a software, and uh, and eventually, like uh, when we started making money with the agency, my co-founder was like, "No, I like the agency model. I mean, we can make a lot of cash. It can be interesting, etc." But I was not really into it that much because I wanted something like much more scalable. And uh, at that point, I met actually like uh, two tech geniuses. Uh, who actually like launched their SaaS company, but it didn't work out because they, they were not good in uh, business nor in marketing. So I, I started like helping them for free at first. And then I was like, okay, maybe we can uh, start a project, uh, the three of us. So I sold my shares uh, of the agency to my other co-founder. And then early in 2018, so January 2018, we started working on Lemlist. And uh, and since then uh, the growth has been uh, pretty exponential. So so it's a, it's a good it's a good start. <laughs> and, and 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 were you like programming all uh, lemnus by yourself? Because you said you had a background in engineering. So I didn't know yes, that. But so, um, so I'm the I'm the chemical engineer. So essentially, I can uh, I can do drugs, but uh, nothing else. <laughs> ah, okay. So you weren't like coding the program. So so yeah, no, no. <laughs> who who was coding the program? Your partner or no, were you so, like hiring yeah, yeah. the the two brothers i uh, i uh, i co-founded lemlist with so they're a bit older than me they're around like uh, 40 years old two brothers and they were like developers since the age of like uh, five or something so they're really like uh, super smart super uh, super fast also whenever they're, they're coding and developing the software so within i think a month we had like uh, a beta so i started selling oh. without the product and then as soon as we had the beta, I started like onboarding people and uh, yeah. 
And 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 could you please tell us like um, because uh, I think this is also like uh, a, a great topic before we get more in depth into marketing and stuff. Um, yeah. Like how were you thinking about like partnering up with those two guys? Because you've said they are like a much older, like uh, did you have like a long-term relationship beforehand with them or whether like new acquaintances? Because I think like yeah. for me, it's like always like, okay, like when I hear someone talk about like I'm starting a business, I'm starting a, a, a joint venture with someone I've known for like two weeks. I'm like, oh man, like, I don't know if this will work out. Yeah. Like for instance, like I'm like doing everything like 50, 50 with my own brother, but obviously yeah. it's my brother. I've known him for like my whole life. So I know, <laughs> yeah, I, I know yeah. what I'm getting into. So yeah. yeah. How were you thinking about um, getting into a partnership with those two guys? Like, like yeah. did you have like instant trust with them or were you just vibing with them and, and you thought, okay, like I know how to say, they know how to code. This is a great match. We have to do this. Yeah, so initially we, we actually worked uh, for a few, few side projects together for the community. So we were in a huge uh, startup incubator, but there were no like real program for people to connect, etc. So they worked on the tech part to build like a small program. And uh, I was working, you know, on uh, marketing it, doing like a landing page quickly, etc., etc. And we saw that we get on well, that, uh, you know, we were like having the same values, having the same essentially like spirit when it comes to entrepreneurship. So very quickly we were like getting on well and i think after a couple of months uh, just the time for me to basically like sell my, my shares in the company and uh, okay. and get to to brainstorm with them to to a new project we were like okay let's start partnering but actually i uh, we didn't sign any like uh, paper or anything maybe like uh, it took us maybe i don't know a like good handshake months Yeah, yeah, it was really like the old school way. Like everyone would have told you, like never do this. It's like the most. Yes, yes, it sounds like yeah, 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 yeah. And and to be honest, I I don't think if I would do it because I had other issues where I didn't sign contract just based on trust. And once once you get fucked once, you 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 always decide like okay, let's talk a let's talk to a lawyer. It it just got not that much, and you won't get any issue. But with them, it went really well, and I think that's also why. You know, like our trust was so strong from the beginning. It's also because, you know, we were like, okay, we didn't sign anything. We're just like going straight into it together. And eventually, like when we started like billing and making money, then we're like, okay, we need to make things official and uh, and let's go for it. But yeah, it's uh, it's it was really based on trust. And I think like you, you also have to feel it eventually, you know, because... Yes. Even if you have contracts with people, there's always a way, you know, like to find a loophole. They can, they can always fuck you up. If they yeah, want to, they will yeah. find a way. Yeah, like, if you want to, 100%. Yeah, exactly. yeah, if someone wants to fuck you up, they will. Like it's, uh, yep. and, and sometimes it's not even, you know, like they can be, they can be not in the right, but they can still fuck you up. And, yeah. and that's, that's the game, you know. So eventually I think it's, uh, and it's the same in business. You have to, to have a feeling, feeling with your gut. Uh, what people are sometimes you're wrong um, try to be right that's my advice <laughs> take it, <for> it <laughs> i would also say this is good advice but yeah. but yeah and i think this is like a great takeaway for everyone who's listening to this i think um always i've mentioned this a couple of times on my podcast so diehard fans know this but um um i'm a big believer in like making sure that you your values align with the 
values of the other person. And yeah. I think like the biggest mistake that people make is that when they get into a relationship with someone, it doesn't matter if it's a friendship, a business relationship, maybe something personal like relationship with a girlfriend or something. Um, I think like that most people, you can avoid a lot of problems if you make sure that you have the same values. Like that for, for, for instance, for everyone who's listening to this, like Sydney, my brother and I, we share the same values on nearly everything. Money, how we invest money, how we should spend our money, um, how, what our goals are with our company, how big the company size should be long term, um, what kind of revenue we want to make long term. We have so, our values align in so, so many web ways. And that's why we, nearly, we obviously have conflict, like everyone has conflict with their partners, but it's not, it's very, very minimal. And um, I think a lot of people that get into the wrong partnerships and they're like, oh man, like we are fighting every week. And I think it's often because man, the other person just doesn't have the same values that you have. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think it's the same, not, not only with, uh, with your co-founders, but with your employee as well. Yes. Um, as we're scaling, now we're like a, a team of almost 20. Like I know like uh, the, the, the bad hire we made and the people we had to fire were the one that didn't share the same value as we did. And we yeah. noticed it very quickly. You know, it's like so... A lot of people think that, for example, it's a bit bullshit when you have like uh, company values, where you're heading, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's the end, most. It's, it's important, important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, ah, I love you, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's super fucking important. Yeah, yeah. And it's so important. Yeah. Uh, and and, and yeah. Do, do you know what's funny? Because um, before I had like a real, real business with real, real clients making serious amounts of money, I was like always in the same camp that you pointed out. I was in the, oh man, like company value, <laughs> mission statement, are you kidding me? This is complete nonsense. Like, yeah, but exactly. I think it's so important because um, yeah. what I found out in life is um, I think it's I think the the biggest mistake that we humans tend to make is um, is we want to we want everyone to love us. We want everyone to listen to our podcast. We want everyone to be our customers. We want everyone to say, "Oh yeah, Jalom or Hadi, you're going doing great things." But um, what you will quickly find out is, if you try to appear to everyone, you will appear to no one. And um, I think it's so so important to say exactly what you are standing for, say exactly what your opinions are about like crucial things and attract people, but also be, uh, be willing to, to repel people and push people yeah. away and say, okay, now uh, you aren't a fit for this. Yeah, definitely. That's super important. I like to say like, you know, out of a hundred people, I would prefer having like 50 people that love me and 50 people that hate me yes. rather than have a hundred people saying, eh, I don't have any opinion about that guy, you know, and that's, uh, yeah. for me, that's crucial. But I think, you know, what you said also, it's like, uh, for me, it's the same as. I already love yeah. this podcast. <laughs> Fucking a great episode already. But <laughs> so for me, you know, like when you start growing with uh, other people and hiring more and more people in your team, it's exactly the same as. For me, it's like if you drive a jet ski, for example, you're on your own and okay, you're going to go uh, left, right, etc. It's fine because you're on your own. You can do whatever you want. You know, it does, it's not an issue. However, yeah. when you have a team and a company, it's more like a boat. So if you don't show everyone where you're going, what's your direction, 
how things work in the boat, it's going to become a complete mess. People are going to kill, kill like uh, each other. And it's going to become like, uh, really like the, the worst end of your company. And for me, that's the same, like missions and value values are exactly like uh, as important because, you know, like once, when there is an issue with someone, it's so easy to get back to the mission. You know, it's like, you can disagree on many things, but it's like, okay, we agreed on that mission. What do you think? What do you think? Is it aligned or not aligned with the mission? And then, you know, yeah. you can go back to, you know, more senses and, uh, and solve pretty much any problem. And uh, for everyone who is listening to this, uh, one client of, of our company, his name is Cameron Harold. He has like a great presentation on this and it's called Vivid Vision and just Google Cameron Howard Vivid Vision uh, Genius Network. And he basically gives like a great example in his presentation where he talks about um, if you, for instance, if you want to build a house and uh, you say to the contractor, build my dream house and then you go uh, on vacation for, for six months. Do you really think that he <laughs> will build the house that you want? Like <laughs> the house will look completely different, completely different from 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 what you've imagined and what 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 kind of dream house you are thinking about. So you really have to say to the contractor, "I want to do have this, this, and this. I want to have this windows. I want to have this kind of." So 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 I think. Um, Our goal as a leader is to be like crystal clear about like what kind of customers do we want to serve, um, what kind of employees do we want to have, what we want that the media is saying about us, what we want to, um, what what kind of people we want to attract, what kind of people we want to repel, what we stand for, what we don't stand for. I think this is like super super crucial. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's uh, but also like yeah, people are afraid. I think in the in the early days, you know, to be like uh, too narrow. And they're like, yeah, but you see, like, uh, if we say no to these people, it means that, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. Like you can say no yes. at some point to someone and then eventually later come back and change it. It doesn't matter. Like nothing is, uh, you know, like uh, there's, there's nothing that just like stays forever. You can always change. You can always make things evolve. Yeah. If it doesn't work in a niche, find your other niche and then, you know, you'll yeah. be happy. And um, for instance, what I also noticed is um, I think we always tend to try to appear to the masses and appear to a lot of people, like I've mentioned like two minutes ago. But um, um, for instance, what I've noticed is when I thought about, okay, like, what is my target audience? Who are really the people that are listening to this type of content? And I was like, man, Like the average person isn't going to consume this. They they aren't interested in knowing, uh, interested in wanting to know how to scale their business, uh, how to have better relationships, how to get in great shape. Like they aren't interested in those type of uh, content. So that's why I've changed my description to hey, if basically everyone for everyone uh, this this show is for everyone. I've said ex uh, explicitly. I said um, if you are a high achiever, if you are an entrepreneur this is the right show for you. And I think this is like uh, a key to success in, in all areas of life where we, for instance, also if you're listening to this and you're, uh, uh, you're, you're buying media on social, uh, you're buying media on Facebook, you're running ads. Instead of like thinking about, okay, how can I appear to everyone? Uh, just specifically say, hey, if you're a real business owner, you're making at least 500K to 5 million plus a year, listen to this. And then you attract all the right folks and all the people that aren't like qualified for your business, you repel them. So I think um, we should uh, we should give us uh, 
courage to 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 really say okay who's in our tribe and who isn't yeah definitely that's that's actually fun that you're saying that because uh, i remember with the agency once we switched our message to you know like we focus we were focusing on the ltv of our of, uh, of the customers of our clients so we were saying like okay if the lifetime value of your customers is above uh, 15k then we are like the most efficient solution for you and people even yeah, though like they, they they just like okay yeah i mean my you know if i match this criteria then you know it's like using the if and then it works really well so if you're doing xyz then is what you should do <laughs> yeah this works really well like it's the it, best way to convert people I, I love this because um, uh, one guy that I that I really love to listen to he's like a, an OG in the online marketing space. Maybe you know him. His name is Frank Kern, and he's like also like a big believer in the whole like the idea itself, like dog with a copy, like. Um, only like people should only listen to the stuff who are like really in your target audience. And um, um, I always like to tell to people like um, if you're like trying to sell pizza on, on pizza on Facebook, um, instead of like talking about a million different things, just say, hey, you want pizza? Here's pizza. And this applies to like basically everything. I think a lot of people, obviously, they are small to that. But um, I think a lot of people, they really try to overcomplicate the process of selling i think it's like really about like making sure who you want to serve and if you know who you want to serve if you know who your dream customer is i think the whole part about thinking about like how you should position yourself how you should how your branding should look like what do you say in your copy what do you say in your sales letter the whole process becomes like 10 times or 100 times easier yeah yeah definitely definitely so um we were talking about you getting involved with your business partners and yeah. um, creating this partnership that obviously turned out to be like a great decision for you. So, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, so what happened then? Because um, I thought um, I saw, uh, I've listened to, to one of your podcasts and I think um, you've mentioned you, you made like 130 K in the first 30 days or something like that. So, yeah. so could you please, yeah. yeah. So there were several steps. So there were first the like launching the product and fi finding beta testers. So at first we were not like that was I think that was a, a mistake we did, but eventually like it uh, it didn't really matter in the long run. But initially what we said is like okay we need testers. We're in a very very competitive market, so people are familiar with existing tools, and within a month the tool that we're gonna build is definitely not gonna be like it was. Really, I was ashamed of the product. <laughs> like, let's. Face oh, it. oh first, so you were like, like underselling it, underselling oh, it, yeah, underselling it, and, and it's it's and it's tough, you know. But I was like, okay, I need like uh, they built a product, and then they were telling me, okay, you're like the biz guy, so find the uh, find users. So we were kind mm. of like testing each other, and I think it was part of why also it worked so well, like our our association, just because you know, like they were really good developers, but they were like, okay, we know that we're good. Now show us that you're good too, you know. So it was like also really challenging, but cool. I was like, okay, I, I need to find like a potential user. So first thing I did was essentially like use cold email because I was uh, very good at it. So I started doing like prospecting with people. And then once I was on a call with them, they were like, yeah, but I don't know if it works or not, cold email. And I'm like, we're on a call right now, right? And they're like, yeah. 
And I'm like, what did I send you? And they're like, a cold email. So I'm like, yeah. you see, it's, it's possible you know, it, it, to it's meetings working, with yeah. people. <laughs> ah. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to close you or not. I was saying this, but I'm like, I guess you're a better salesman than I am. And if you get to a meeting using cold email, I'm sure you will close. And then people were like, oh yeah, that's true, etc. So that was like one easy way. So use your, your product, eat your own dog yeah. food. That's like really easy. But another thing I did, and I think... By the way, I have, to, I, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, brother, I really love your energy. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. Like, you are so <laughs> positive, so upbeat, like, go, go, get it. I really love this, but go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> and the two other things that I did that worked actually quite well for us. So it's like, um, first thing is uh, an easy way to find uh, potential customers for your product platform, etc., Let's say like I knew that the startup crowd was going to be like a, a good target for us at first because one, they don't have a lot of money. Two, they are always looking for innovative solutions. And essentially what we're offering is uh, dynamic images and videos inside the emails so you can get more replies. So instead of uh, telling people about it and trying to sell something, uh, I went to a group on Facebook with about like 30,000 entrepreneurs and startups. And I message like the group and I say, hey guys, I'm just launching my new like uh, SaaS business. I'm really looking forward to get like uh, some insights from you guys, the top performer, best of the best. How do you think my landing page uh, is doing? Like what things would you modify? Do you understand like the value prop, etc.? And since these guys, I'm our target, every time they were clicking on the link to potentially give me feedback or just out of curiosity, they were on a website that was made for them. You know, it's like, Two for startup, and they were like, <laughs> obviously, I had like such a high sign up rate. Like those Very people cool. coming from this channel was like super high. And my trick, you know, it's like I, I was not asking like, do you guys want to be part of it? No, I was just like asking, can you help me review the website? I love and people out of curiosity, they clever. Would do it. and it's the same for me. You know, like sometimes I'm mm. like, uh, they post something and they're like, hey, can you help me review the the SaaS? And then I click on it and I'm like. Yeah, I could use that product, you know, and I'm going to sign up. And then <laughs> one second later, you're doing this and, and that works. So that was like one thing we did. Yeah, sorry, you go ahead. Uh, I think I think for everyone who's listening to this, this is like a super, super key lesson to say. This is like, thank you for, 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 for the sales masterclass right now, because I think this is really a terrific <laughs> takeaway for our listeners. Um, because I was just thinking about like one of the greatest business books, and I'm not really a big believer in business books because I think like, okay, like basically you can get the gist of most business books in like 10 pages, but they fill like the whole business book out with like anecdotes and a like hundred examples. And it's like very repetitive, but um, yeah. a terrific business book that everyone who's listening to this definitely should read is uh, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. And um, what he describes in this book is exactly what you've pointed out to that um, the best salesmen um, are people when you don't really recognize that they are selling you or something. Those are the people like, for instance, like uh, Elon Musk who are selling you on this big audacious vision on, okay, like how the future should look like. People who, where you, where you instantly knew, oh, he's selling me on something. Those aren't like real salesmen. Like, like the greatest salesmen are people like, look at people like, for instance, at Tony Robbins or Dean Graziosi. Um, those are like the, the greatest salesmen alive because um, you, you, you don't feel at all that they are selling you something. But if you're like really good at sales and you've already sold like over six figures online or even above that, you will recognize, okay, 
those guys, they are selling 24 fucking seven, but you don't really notice it because they're doing it so subtle. Uh, so, so subtle. They, 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 they do it like in a way that you don't really recognize they are selling because I think a lot of people think sales is about like grabbing people and say, you have to buy now. And, 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 and there's a time and place for call to actions. Don't get me wrong. There's a time and place to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in your follow-ups, maybe a little bit more pushy. But, um, I think, um, when, when it, really comes down to okay like mastering sales i think a big part of it is um trying to not make it sound salesy not trying to make it sound like you're selling something um but but instead um building up curiosity and not making it sound like you're selling um your services for instance when we are pitching someone on uh on our services and we are like pitching them via cold email we always not try to um say something that uh, like, okay, do you want to buy today? Do you want to become a customer now? We never say something like this in the first email, never in a million years. Uh, it never worked for us. Maybe it works for someone who's listening to this. I don't never think so. <laughs> <laughs> It never worked for us. But instead, what we try to do is um, we try to write a very personal email, personalize it, make it really sound like, okay, this is like a human interaction. We try to build up a lot of curiosity and um, basically tell them, okay, like, are you interested in getting booked on podcasts? But we frame it a little bit more differently so they nearly no new new uh they nearly know like what we what we want them to do what 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 we want them to uh what we want to sell them but it still is okay like tell me more this sounds interesting i i don't really 100 percent get it but tell me more this is interesting and i think um this worked a million times better for us than writing emails like okay like do you yeah, want definitely. to we're we're selling this like do you want to become a customer it never worked for us in the yeah, first year. yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah that's uh that's definitely like not the not the right approach. Like I see, I see. I think, and I think what's nice with it is like so far, I would say that ninety five or ninety seven percent of people doing cold emails are just like spamming people with one yeah. message, and they're like, okay, I'm gonna. It's like the spray and pray technique. You have yeah. a list of ten thousand people, and you're like, okay, I'm just gonna send them the exact same message, just yeah. replace the first name dynamically, and boom, I'm gonna get customers. That doesn't work that way, and uh, as you said. Like in, in the end, sales is about relationships. So if you put the personalization in it, if you're trying to help people, then, you know, like there is, it's it definitely like a, a matter of, you know, like getting to that goal. And then after that, sales becomes easy, you know, because it's, uh, if you're like good at what you do, you're not going to sell to people that don't need your service or product because you're smart enough to know that. And I think it's the same for you, you know, like you have high-end clients, that are actually like uh, recommending other like uh, high ticket yes. clients. And that's because you're doing a good job. If you were not, obviously what would happen is like people would say, you would try to close. Of course, that can work in the short term. It's like, yeah, okay, I closed it high hand ticket, etc. And then the guy is like, yeah, I don't get an ROI. Uh, I spent money on nothing and it doesn't work. And you're like, yep. yeah, it's bad reputation for you. It doesn't work. And that's why, as you mentioned earlier, it's important to say no to some people. And that's why, you know, whenever you're, you're like pretend like selling, sometimes it's not selling. It's just like for me, qualification call, it's like super important. I'm going to ask like 15 to 20 questions and I'm going to understand, okay, they're not the good fit. They're a good fit. And if they're not, I'm not going to say, maybe you should try it and see if you want to purchase it. No, I'm going to say, don't, don't buy it. It's like, it's not a good fit. Best yeah. of luck for you in the that's future. It. I can recommend X, Y, Z. 
but we're not going to be the one like uh, helping you out. And that's it. Yes. And um, um, I, I, I totally agree with everything that you're saying. I think um, states, states um, what I want to highlight right now is I think a lot of people that are worrying about sales and I think I, I'm super, 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 super fascinated by marketing sales. I always try to improve my salesmanship skills. I always try to improve my marketing skills. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I love those two topics, but um, I think um, what a lot of people don't understand is um, they think, um, when you are listening to this right now and you are struggling, you are not, you are, you are, you are having a hard time making ends meet. You're having a hard time getting clients. I think a lot of people think it's because they don't have the salesmanship skills, but I think a big part of it is also they have a shitty opportunity. I always tend to say so to, to, to say to people, I always tend to say to people, um, if you have like a level 10 opportunity, but level one skill, you will make a shit ton of money. You make a shit ton of money. This is like seven, eight, nine figures above. But if you have like amazing skills and you are great at sell, uh, selling, great at marketing, but you have like a level one opportunity, we still have like, you make money, but you will have a, a hard time making money. So I think um, a lot of people who are listening to this are maybe great at sales, but they aren't a shitty, a shitty business opportunity. And for instance, um, I would say that I have been great at sales, selling uh, my whole life. Like, obviously I know uh, about selling way more than like two years ago or five years ago, but I think I, I always had like a natural talent at sales. Like I was always the kid in the school where everyone was like, hey, Hardy, and how are you? I was getting invited to parties everywhere and always getting along with girls great. And um, I, I, I saw that, I would say that, that most people would say that I, I have like a natural, natural like talent for, for talent, uh, for, for sales or connecting with others. But, but um, I always, when I first started out in entrepreneurship, I was always in fucked up and shitty opportunities, trying to make some freelance writing bullshit work and positioning myself as just the average show from across the neighborhood and um, trying to, to sell garbage on the internet. And I always had a hard time making money. And I think like a big part of it wasn't that my salesmanship sucked. They weren't as great as they are now, but I was in a shitty opportunity. What does this make sense? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and and, and I think, for instance, like with your company. I think like obviously you are also good at saying like I saw you are great on camera. You are like people already love you when they hear you talk for two minutes. But um, I think like a big part of it is also I'm not trying to diminish what you've accomplished. Like I think what you've accomplished, like uh, being in our age, like mid twenties and and is just amazing. But I think a big part of it is also you are in a great opportunity. I think. Yeah, definitely. Of course. I mean, it's, uh, it's always like a, a mix of both. There's always yes. a bit of luck as well. Uh, you know, it's like for me, it's, I mean, it's always sure. a lot of factors. I do think though that uh, some things, you know, are um, come a lot with, uh, with hard work and consistency. Because um, obviously, like when you're in a competitive market, you need to find an edge, you need to find your voice. And once you have both of it, it becomes like easier. And I think a lot of people are sometimes afraid to put themselves out there. And um, a lot of people, for example, don't spend enough time on branding and they think that branding is just like marketing for bullshit, which... Oh, let's I, get into that, brother. <laughs> let's get into that. 
<laughs> but that, yeah, that's for sure. Like, um, you see, like a lot of people, for example, I think like uh, one of the great example, but it's, um, I think this category of people has been, uh, really like, uh, people were looking down on them, you know, like all the people doing like, um, how do you call that? Like, uh, infopreneurship, like some yes, of them, yes, like yes, all yes, this yes. type of guys, mm -hmm. you know, like they're selling you courses on how to make mm -hmm. money. So it's like, mm -hmm. I'm selling a course on how to make a course so you're going to become a millionaire. But in the end, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a Ponzi team and eventually like the only one making money is the one at the top and the others are just like uh, spending money on course but not doing anything. But I think to be honest that these guys, they're putting themselves out there as a personal brand and uh, it's easy, you know, because they're selling a service. But if you look at, for example, um, the CEO of uh, ClickFunnels, uh, Russell, Russell Bronson. Bronson, I love yeah. this guy. One of the most brilliant people on the planet, I would say. Yeah, this guy is like, it's super smart. You know, he used his uh, person, he was the face of the company. Yep. He, he worked really hard on it. But now, yeah. you know, I'm sure like there are thousands of people who are using ClickFunnels who don't know who yeah. the CEO is. But yet, you know, like the brand was linked to him and for a long time and it worked really, really well. So I think a lot of people, you know, are trying to think that because this is tech, Uh, if you work in SaaS, so like software as a service, if you're building your software, a lot of people are thinking like, okay, we're in the tech world. So because we're in tech, uh, it has to be like, uh, we need to talk about uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, etc. But most of the time, this is bullshit. And people, what they need is they need to know, like you have good customer support, that if they choose your software, there are like uh, some people that would be able to help them to set it up if needed. They need to know that there are real people behind it. And once you have that, I think everything becomes easier. But I think like a lot of people still have like uh, the kind of um, wrong mindset when it comes to online business. And they think yes. that because it's online, you can just like go throw like some money into Facebook ads and then <laughs> have people buy. And You're going like, to become a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like, yeah, I'm on the beach in Bali and I'm drinking cocktails <laughs> and that's the end of my life. You know? Drinking weed, yeah. smoking weed. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, I love what you're saying. And, um, that I want to be clear about this. Like, I don't think that most, I, I think that most people who are selling info products aren't bullshitting. Like, um, for instance, I, like I've said, like, I'm not selling like any type of ebooks, but we run a webinar where we basically help people like find something where they can like find their voice. For instance, we help them like start a podcast and uh, start a launch, a launch a brand. But, um, I think that most people who are trying to help others like achieve something online, I think they have good intentions, but I think the industry definitely, definitely, definitely has a bad reputation because there are people who are selling you on the stream like they are selling you on okay you can make so much amount uh, so much money in like 30 days or 90 days and i think um they are like trying to to pull like a lot of people in with those big 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 claims and i don't like this type of marketing whatsoever i think that um you you really have to be honest like i'm always highlighting in in our webinar um okay like I can teach you like how to be a millionaire in 30 days. Like you need consistency. You need to put your hours in. This is like not a get rich quick scheme. And I think that um, if you are like being ethical and if you are selling something where you know that um, you can like really, really help people with it, I think it's okay. But, um, and, and I think you should even do this because you know that you are changing lives and, and, and uh, impactly, uh, positively impact others. But if you are selling garbage, if you're making those big audacious claims, like, come on, man, this isn't the yeah. right way to go about this. But, um, what I really wanted to talk about is branding because, um, um, 
I was uh, on another consulting call and the guy was like, like most people, he was about like, okay, like um, I want to start a new business venture and please give me all the tactics, like give me all the how-tos, like how to get best, better clients and so on and so forth. And I was like, okay, 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 hold on, man, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not about the tactics. There's a time and place for the tactics. There's a time and place. And I want to get into like uh, actually like follow-up sequences and the nitty-gritty of like, okay, what, what's actually like like strategy that, that you are like uh, you're leveraging. But, but, but I think that branding is such a huge part because um, I'm able to get world-class guests as, as for instance, Guillaume on my podcast and other like successful entrepreneurs because I've built up this brand and I'm able to get like amazing clients for my company because I've built up this brand and I've built up my, I, I've positioned myself in the right kind of way in the marketplace. And I think a lot of people think it's about only sales, sales, sales and only about the tactics where I think, um, a lot of problems that you are facing right now, if you're listening to this, if you aren't making the money and you aren't having the impact that you want right now is due to having a shitty brand and due to not positioning yourself in the right way. Because what you will find out is, and I think, uh, Guillaume, you can, you can agree with me on this, is if you have a fucking great brand, if you have like, for instance, a lot of social proof, like Lamlist has with like 8,000 customers, sales will become a million times easier. Like you can fuck up so many things. Like I can send out bullshit sales letter at this point. I can, I can send out complete bullshit sales letters. Um, not putting in like a lot of social proof, not selling myself like very, very hard. And I would still make money where another guy who has no brand, who has no reputation, he would need to do like everything perfectly to, to get a client. Like, could you please speak to that? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely true. I think like a lot of people are actually like, uh, you know, don't understand how trust is impacting sales in general. Yes. And they just think like, and that's that's actually like, uh, I think uh, um, a bias most founders have, like they, they tend to fall in love with their product or service. So whenever they're pitching, they're just like so focused on them and on what they can bring because they're like, mm -hmm. you know, they're full of good intentions, of course, you know, but Eventually, that's not what the person wants to hear. The person, what they need to know is like, why should I trust you? They're, they're never going to ask this question, obviously. But you should show them why they should trust you, you know? And yeah. as you said, like a personal brand, um, do the work, writing articles, uh, hosting yeah. a podcast, you know, like uh, being on shows, being on TV or like anything that, you know, like being on TV. Now you are talking, yeah. big man. If you are on Netflix know. and yeah. <laughs> have your own show on Netflix, yeah. easy stuff. <laughs> yeah, but, but no, but it's it's part. You know, like even just posting on LinkedIn, for example, like posting yeah. regularly. I remember, yeah. you know, when I started posting on LinkedIn, I had like uh, maybe like five likes. Uh, one was from my mom. And the other was like two from my co-founders. Co yeah, exactly. And okay, one ex-girlfriend, awesome. And and that was it, you know. So I was like, fuck, am I like so so? But eventually, you know, like you you need to be. You get the momentum. More people yeah, exactly. will find out about your work. More people will share yeah. your work. Whoop, yeah. Exactly. And, then it's yeah. No, no. And, it's, and, and uh, that, as you said, momentum. Yeah, it's important. And 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 I think what. 
a lot of people who are listening to this might think, oh, this is so easy for Galone to say. Oh, this is so easy for Hardy to say. Those two guys, they already have the client base. I don't have any clients. I don't have any testimonials. I don't have any podcasts in the world. But do you know what? Like, we've both started from nothing. We've yeah, both had no article on the internet. We both didn't have like any podcast episode on the internet. Like, man, you, you have to work for this. Like, <laughs> yeah, of course and, it doesn't come, it doesn't come easy. That's for sure. But again, you know, it's like, if you do something like a video on YouTube, a post on LinkedIn yeah. and it doesn't work, it's fine. Like if it's shit, it will not work. No one will see it and you can keep going, you know, like post some more until yeah. you become great at it. And eventually we'll see that it will pick up. If you're consistent at what you do, no matter like how long it takes, but you will get there. And that's, that's for sure. Like you have so many entrepreneur story where they worked for like seven years and without being noticed. And eventually like they, they got there that I can assure you that yeah, it's, it will work for sure. And, and, and for sure. I, I love this. And uh, what I want to highlight right now is I think another big misconception is to build trust and to build authority, you have to have 300 episodes like me. I think this isn't the case at all. I think you don't need a hundred blog articles. What I always like to tell people who ask me for advice and they are like, oh, Hardy, yeah, I want to position myself in the right kind of way. I want to have like a high perceived value of my brand. Like, what should I do? And I always tell them, okay, like, think about like, okay, like, I think this is my opinion. And I, a lot of people aren't agreeing with me on this, but I'm really about, okay, you should definitely have like a cool looking website and it should be like on mobile. It should like be optimized, like on every platform and it should like look amazing. Like if, 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 if I'm, uh, if I want to like wire you like 5k per month or 10k per month, like, man, like if you, if your website isn't working, like it, it doesn't work, uh, it doesn't look professional. So you have to, you have to make that sure. But what's way more important than that, and I think this is also an important part, but nonetheless, um, is if you just publish, for instance, two or four articles that are really specific to your dream client, where you are like, for instance, I can come up with a better, better example right now. But for instance, you are trying to, to grow an agency with Facebook ads and you're trying to sell like Facebook advertising to clients. And you want to work with, for instance, um, you want to work with, for instance, fashion brands, because I can come up with a better example. Um, I would write articles about how to scale a fashion business with Facebook advertising. And I would write something very in-depth, very thorough, with um, a lot of nice graphics, a lot of text, very organized bullet points and lists, maybe like also linking to other authority sites and 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 maybe quote people to 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 show others okay that you've listened to other people in your field and that you really have expertise. And what you will find out is that oh, you maybe only have like one, two, three or four blog articles that you can crank out in like a week or two. But every one of your dream clients that is seeing what you've put out in the world. Um, instantly thinks, oh, 
this guy seems to know a lot more than the other guy that's, that, that, that has pitched me. Because you have like something very targeted, very, but something that very speaks to their heart, that speaks to their interests, their desires, their fears, and you are clearly positioning yourself as an expert. So I don't think that you need to have like a hundred articles or something out there. I think that obviously it helps. Obviously it's great when you have a lot of content, but you can start with 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 a few articles and uh, already having like four blog articles will dif differentiate yourself from all the other people that are starting out right now. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, like uh, again, writing articles. I think writing content is uh, is such a great way to position yourself as. A, You're big on a, medium, right? Yeah, yeah, on, on medium. Yeah, I I started writing initially, didn't get a lot of traction, and now like my articles get like tens of thousands of views and readers. So it's uh, it's quite nice to be honest because it's uh, every time I write I try to provide like as much value as possible do like very long articles where I detail like the step by step of the things we did where we fucked up and uh, what we succeeded and uh, and yeah to be honest I think it's uh, it's also a great way to connect with people emotionally you know it's like uh, they, they you can share also your story how you're growing that's that's also something very few entrepreneurs do and I think it's it's really like uh, I, I don't understand why, to be honest, because, for example, if, if you look at TV, uh, the, the TV shows that are working like really, really well are often the TV shows that are like about gossips, about drama, about like all these type yeah. of things. So as an entrepreneur, your life is a fucking drama. Like one day you're <laughs> going to be at the top. The other day you're going to be at the very bottom. So it's like you're having up and downs all the time. It's roller coaster life. So write about it because people are going to like it. People love to know, like, what, every time I say, like, because obviously, like, whenever we're sharing articles, we mostly share, like, things that, that worked and how people can get inspired to do the work. But when people ask me, like, okay, like, uh, how did it go to do X, Y, Z? And, uh, and when I say, oh, yeah, we really fucked up. We were, like, in so much trouble with this stuff because mm. we failed to do. And they're like, oh. So you have shit as well. Like it happens to you also. And I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's my Absolutely. daily job, you know? <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think eventually like connected on a personal level with your personal story is really important. And as you said, writing content on the other end, uh, positioning your thought leadership is also extremely important. With both, you're going to get trust and credibility. And, uh, and I yeah. think once you have that, you know, it's like sales become easy. And, and I like what you said because um, I think uh, earlier you said something where I wasn't agreeing with 100%, but nearly 100% because um, you were talking about um, it's not about yourself, but it's about them. And I really, really believe that. Like people really think it's, It's about them. If you are buying their product, it's really about like solving a, a problem that they are having. But I think what a lot of people always try to diminish that it's not about yourself at all. But I think, for instance, if you position yourself as an expert and if you also talk a little bit about yourself, like most of your copy and most of your sales message should obviously be about the customer and how you are going to help them. But if you position yourself like that, you are like, and quote unquote, the man and that you are the expert and that you know your stuff people were more likely to buy. So I think it's not about like choosing one or the other. I think it's about like just do both. Okay, yeah. like position yourself as an expert, build up authority, show that you know what you're talking about, but also um, 
make it about them. I think it's not either or, I think it's both. But what you've said about um, sharing your story, I think was super, super, super powerful for everyone who's listening to this. Because um, I think a lot of people think, again, it's about either just sharing their story and just documenting, or it's either about like telling everyone you are the man and you got all those great clients and you've built this amazing business. And I think what I found out in my own journey is if you are just selling or through significance, a lot of people think you are a douchebag. That, that if you are just like saying, okay, you are the greatest and you are, everyone is like, man, this is so lame. Nobody can relate to this guy because like, if you are listening to this, you have problems. You, 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 you must overcome obstacles. You, you have like a, a thousand things that life is throwing at you. And I think, um, but if you combine those two things, if we combine selling through significance or positioning ourselves via uh, authority or significance and being vulnerable. I think this is where the superpower lies because um, what I found out in, in my podcast journey is when I'm, like you've said, also sharing personal stuff, sharing, okay, I went through this fucked up breakup or like something <laughs> terrible happened in my life. Then, then, then people are emailing me and they're saying, oh yeah, Hardy, what a great episode. And, um, but, but if I would just say, okay, we are making so much money and we got all those, like everyone would say, <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. And I think it's, uh, I think it's easier, you know, like, um, there is something I've implemented and I think once you like work with your co-founders because obviously like I'm on the business side, they're on the tech side. Uh, we definitely have different vision on communication, on how things work. And, you know, at first it was really weird because whenever I was messaging, I remember sometimes, sometimes like uh, there were like this huge issue. So like uh, a customer like reached out to me and it was like, yeah, I, I think there is like uh, a leak in the database, blah, 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 blah. So I was like super scared. So I messaged like my two co-founders. It was in the early days. I messaged them on Slack. I'm like, okay, a customer reported that there is like blah, 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 blah. And then they never messaged me back, you know? So I was like, what the fuck, you know, like after yeah. one hour, two hours, etc. And then because we had that argument where they were like, okay, the only way of communicating is in Slack, like no phone calls, nothing. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep to it. But... The next day, when I meet them, I'm going to say, this is crazy. You know, like I message you, you say like, you just yeah. want to communicate on Slack. Uh -huh. You need to, and they're like, no, but we checked, we checked it. And I'm like, okay, so you checked it. Could you like give me an answer? And they were like, but there were no question. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm expecting like, if I message you, like it's something crazy. Yeah. And, but, but for them, it's like, yeah, but you didn't put a question mark. There were no questions. So why would we? And for them, you know, it was not an issue. It's like they checked <laughs> it. The were, there were no issues. So they're like, okay, it's fine. There is no leak. Like everything is perfect. Why, why the fuck? And then they're yeah. like, okay, I can understand what he said. But And that's it. And then, you know, like we, we started implementing uh, what we call like nonviolent communication, which yeah. essentially you need to talk about your feelings and uh, rather than, you know, like saying, because I, I could get into an argument, you know, it's like, why the fuck didn't you, you like reply to my message? You know, it's like, it's easy. Mm -hmm. I message something that's urgent. I need an answer back, you know, to tell me if it's okay or fine. And I don't need to put a question mark in it. So you could start like this, or you could say, you see, like uh, whenever this happened and I didn't get any answer, I felt like uh, all the way of all the problems were on my shoulders and I was mm -hmm. the only one taking care of the product, etc., etc. And then, you know, instead of, talking about them you're talking about yourself and your feelings yeah. and why you feel bad about it 
And then, you know, it triggers like empathy and actually it's much easier to solve problems. So again, you know, yeah. I think like saying when it's not, when it's not okay, saying when you're not feeling well, et cetera, yeah. to your co-founders, to others, and sometimes even sharing it to the world in an article. I think it's where you really like create connection with people. And to me, to be honest, I think that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I, I can, can clearly see that you're a master at this because I already ha I have the feeling, okay, man, this, this is my, my friend. Like, <laughs> you really know how to connect with others. But uh, I think like our listeners, they would love, love, love to hear like the actual like, okay, like what's the, the plan on like, getting clients via cold email. But before we get into that, what I would really love to know, Aguilom, is um, could you please tell us that um, we, 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 we've, you, you preframed me on, on asking this question that I'm about to ask. But um, yeah, we were talking about, okay, your, your business journey and how, you, how you've managed uh, scaling to those numbers. And we've talked a little bit, of, a lot about like business and entrepreneurship and sales and marketing. But um, like, could you please also like share with us like a little bit more about your personal background? Like, because we haven't touched upon <laughs> this a lot. And, and I, I, I've checked your Instagram, like, man, like, you deserve a hundred K followers, like no bullshit. <laughs> I was like, man, this, this guy has amazing, amazing pictures. He looks like fantastic, has a great body. He's traveling all over the world. Like where the fuck are all his followers? So um, tell us a little bit more about like, what's your lifestyle? What you're all about? Do you like to party and also like have a good time? And yeah, yeah share with us a, a, a little bit more about uh, your actual life. Yeah, sure. So like, Initially, like, as I said, like, uh, let's say school wise, I've always been like more on the scientific side. Uh, so I loved, uh, I loved science because it was great for me to understand how the world works. And uh, I kind of liked it. And then I decided to go to chemistry just because, you know, like there were a lot of girls over there. So studying like <laughs> cosmetics, perfume, etc. So I was like, okay, this is a, this is the place I need to be. And, uh, and eventually I always knew also... Yeah, <laughs> I always knew, you know, like that I wanted to do business. But for my parents, because my parents didn't do like any study, like they, they didn't like uh, graduate of anything. So for them, it's like, if you study science, we know that you're going to always have a job, etc. And with business, they were like, eh, we don't really know, you know. <laughs> so okay. after my uh, master's in engineering, in chemical engineering, I did like a master in marketing. Um, and this is kind of where I really like uh, enjoyed myself and I was like, okay, I know this is what I want to do. I want to do business. And on my personal life, um, I do a lot of sports. So I played like uh, for 15 years, like basketball, really enjoyed it. And now I'm doing like a triathlon. So I was supposed to do like the Ironman uh, this summer. So yeah. it was, uh, it's a lot of training. I, I really like how, it. How, how will I say that your training look like? Like, because I saw like you were fucking ripped. <laughs> so uh, like a lot of yeah, running, so I, a lot of. Yeah, a lot of running, a lot of cycling, a lot of swimming. <laughs> uh, But uh, with, uh, with COVID, to be honest, my, my training was uh, totally like uh, fucked. So I actually, I started because I, okay, when I do something, I do it like to the fullest. So I had never, I had never done any like triathlon in the past. But I yeah. think it was in February, I was like, okay, in six months, I'm going to do an Ironman. So Ironman, it's like uh, four kilometers of swimming. Then it's like 180 kilometers uh, cycling. And then you end up with a marathon. So it's like yeah. uh, 42 kilometers running. So I was like, okay, now I'm going to need to train hard to do this. But it's like a huge challenge. 
So I trained yeah. for like four, like uh, three to four weeks, and then it was like COVID, so everyone at ah. home. So total fail. <laughs> <laughs> so eventually, like after, like what I do usually, it's like I do more like a heat session, so high intensity training. So mm -hmm. I have like um, I live basically like in Paris, like in the city center, and if you go up north, you have like a little hill. Uh, with like uh, I don't know how many like uh, hundred steps, so it's like lots of stairs, and uh, this is what I used to train like when I was doing basketball. So I love to go there. I train on the steps, do a lot of push-ups. I have like uh, some equivalent to like TRX, you know, like to do like all type. Of so exercise. you're training at home right now? Or? No, no, no. I train outside. Ah, at the gym. Yeah, ah, yeah. outside. No, okay. no, outside. Yeah, in the streets. So I, mm. I really like it because it's like. Uh, you have it's it's the best stairs you know like you have steps that are like i don't know you have 150 steps in a stairs yeah. and you have to run fast to climb and go down go up etc and then i do also like uh, quite a lot of cycling and uh, and then you know it's uh, swimming whenever i can so it's uh, Very cool. yeah, so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i, I I really love your approach because I always try to also um, because I think um, a lot of people there are so focused about business and don't get me wrong like I love business I love entrepreneurship I love sales I love marketing I'm super passionate about it but I'm um, <laughs> I don't want my whole life to be around fucking business. Like I'm in yeah. my best age. Like I'm in my twenties. Like I want to party. I want to go out, drink vodka, have a good time, <laughs> talk to girls. And I also want to, um, I also want to like, I want, want to focus on fitness. Like at the moment I'm like, I'm into like, um, building up like my cardio because, um, I wasn't able to run for like two months. Um, because I'm like running a lot, but I had crutches because I had like an injury with my feet and, um, yeah. And, 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 and now my cardio is completely shit. So, uh, I'm trying to like burn a thousand calories with, with my bicycle <laughs> every day. And I'm also going to the gym every day. So, um, nice. every once and then I'm skipping a session and I don't really do it like, um, to, to, to like get in the best shape of my life. I'm like super happy with where I'm at right now. Like I don't want to gain more muscle. I don't want to lose more fat, but yeah. I just want to uh, build up like my cardio at this point. And um, I think that um, if you have a couple of passions besides business, I think it helps you so, so much. I, yeah, I see so, so many people who are just one-sided. They, they are just making a lot of money and they have like terrible relationships. They don't meet any girls they are in, in bad shape and have terrible health. Like, man, like, yeah. do you really want to make like six <laughs> figures, mid six figures or seven figures? Um, like having bad, being in bad shape and having terrible relationships. And the same goes for people in the fitness space. There are so many guys in the gym who are fucking dead broke. Um, yeah. Like, like don't have like a real profession or like a real <laughs> career plan. Um, so, so, I want it all. So uh, yeah. it's, that's why what I really love about your lifestyle. I think it's, yeah, as you said, I think it's all about balance because yeah. even though I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a good idea to just like be hundred percent like working. Like I know a lot of people at some point, you know, it was like the kind of grinder mindset and people were taking like photos of themselves in the office on a Saturday night at yeah. like midnight, keep grinding. Yeah. If you're <laughs> and I'm like, no, bro, like just go with your friends, chill out, like disconnect yeah. your brain, do something, yeah. go party because... Meet be some honest, hot girls. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Like, <laughs> for me, to be honest, it's like I get my best ideas when I'm running or when I'm in the shower or when I'm doing like uh, cleaning the dishes 
I sleep like at least eight hours of sleep. Otherwise, I'm, I don't feel good. And that's it. Like, yeah. I know it, you know, I'm not going to pretend, yeah, I'm part of the 5 a.m. club. Fuck that. Me like, neither. Like, like I'm, I'm, I'm part of I'm nine. Gonna... <laughs> I'm nine. <laughs> nine a.m. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. If someone wants to wake me up at 5 a.m., like, good luck. I will, like, call for him. But <laughs> no, seriously, it's, like, it's not possible. And, uh, and I, I know a lot of people, you know, like, who are listening to motivational. And I love, you know, like, motivational videos. Like, I used, to, I love to watch that just before, like, a training session. I think it's good. It gives you full of energy. But yeah. at the end of the day, you need to know your body. You need to listen to yourself and you need to take breaks. Oh, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry, We are back. Okay. Yeah. So basically like, uh, yeah, to me, I think it's, it's really about the balance. Uh, good work-life balance is, is what will make you like successful overall. And, uh, and I think, yeah, too many people are putting too much pressure on themselves. It's okay to be tired. It's okay yeah. that you need rest. There is something like, uh, it's a great book uh, about like, um, I think it's called Peak Performance or something. And it's basically like explained that the, the, um, the success and the growth, growth is the success formula for growth. It's like uh, growth equal stress plus rest. So it's like mm. you need to, to stress yourself at some point, but whenever you have planned to stress yourself, you need to have rest. And rest yeah. can be pretty much anything. It can be rest as I'm sleeping or rest can be just, I'm spending time with my friend and I don't do like yeah. anything else. And um, I think um, the, 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 the big epiphany that I had was um, I think we tend to get distracted easily because uh, a lot of us that are listening to this, we are like in our 20s or early 30s or something like that. And we tend to listen to like the big people on social media who are like always like giving advice like um we are also like we too now part of this uh of this group but <laughs> but but um i think um it's really easy uh, to get distracted and focus on the wrong things and what do i mean by that is we tend to optimize our life in a way that other people want us to optimize our life what do i mean by saying that is um a lot of people, they say, okay, you have to save, 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 save. Invest everything back into your business. And I think this is a great fucking strategy. If your goal is to uh, become a billionaire when you are 50 or something, then okay, just save, 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 invest everything back into your business. The same in the fitness industry. Like you should count every gram of calories and you should, um, I'm, not, I'm not saying that those things are wrong, but if you want to like be in the, best shape possible maybe you have to count calories and do all those things and um, people are telling you on social media you have to wake up at 5 a.m and wake up with the great morning routine like man like my morning routine is the worst in the in, on the planet <laughs> like i'm waking up at nine like in a bad mood like checking whatsapp <laughs> like scrolling through instagram then go, going to my emails clicking on tinder like this is the worst <laughs> morning routine that you could ever imagine but let me tell you something um what i found out is i want to live life on my terms i want to live like not like how and i love this guy like tim ferris says i should live my life or someone else like i want to live m life on my terms and um what i found out is that you should if you're listening to this is um optimize your life like how you want to live your life like if you if you want to travel a lot 
um, maybe don't invest everything back into your business. Keep, put a lot of put put some money aside so you're able to travel. Like if you want to go out and party and and, and do stupid stuff. Put some money aside. Don't invest everything in, uh, back into your business. Um, if you want, and I, uh, let me tell you something. I think a lot of people think you have to have those things to be successful. But what I found out is you can make well above six figures not working 60 hours, 80 hours. You can do well above six figures working 10, 20, 30, 40 hours a week if you know what you are doing. You can have like a six-pack abs and a great body without counting calories and being totally obsessed about your nutrition, sometimes eating like KFC or something. So um, I think um, it's really about like thinking for yourself and what you want out of your life instead of listening to everyone else. Yeah, definitely. And again, I think like to... To continue on what you were saying, I think it's the biggest issue is that people don't understand how to set up goals. So it's like people are just going to say, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a billionaire, etc. But it's not their really, that's not their life goals. You know, it's like they would yeah. like something, but it's not a goal. Because if you tell them, okay, like describe it to me, like how would that be? Like what, yeah. okay, you have a billion, now what? What will you do with it? And then, you know, like they realize that actually they don't need a billion dollars. They, yeah. they just need like a, maybe a hundred thousand dollars per year, you know, and they'd be happy yeah. with it. And then I'm like, okay, so now if you just want a hundred thousand or one million per year, fine, you know, but what do you need to do to accomplish this? You don't have yeah. to work fucking 160 hours. You don't have to, <laughs> it doesn't matter. And, and that's the problem. Like people don't know really how to set up goals because sometimes they just have kind of false ex expectations. Yeah, and I think this this is so important. Uh, I think what you're saying is so important because I think this is a great takeaway for our listeners um, that you should really think about what you really want out of life. Like, not adopt goals that everyone says that you should have. Like, some people are happy like making five k per month. Like, I wouldn't be happy making five k per month, but um, some people are happy making that. But if you want more out of life, go for more. If you are like happy like working out three times a week. Go do that. I love working out. I, it's like the highlight of my day. So I'm working <laughs> out every day. So I think it's really about like finding what you want and what you want out of life. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, um, Guillaume, um, I know this is like another weird switch right now, but um, I think everyone waited for this moment. So <laughs> let's give our listeners what they want and they want the fucking cold email. Give us like the step-by-step -step blueprint and uh, yeah, how definitely. to succeed via cold email. And maybe you are able to, to, to close a couple of clients here right now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, let's so go. I think to be honest, like um, we, we kind of like uh, scratch the surface, but targeting is something that people usually like uh, underestimate. So they think that they can just have a list of uh, random people and send them message and the copy will do everything. That's not true. Like really, if you're, I don't know, like trying to sell candies to someone that has diabetes, he's never going <laughs> to buy it from you. You know, it's like, What an example. Yeah, sorry for that. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I'm starting like having my sugar crave right now. So I eat tons of sugar. <laughs> But essentially like, uh, yeah, you, you can't sell, sell things that people don't need. And so spend some time really like on the targeting because the more targeted the list of prospects you have, the higher your conversion rate will be. So um, lots of people. So whenever you're building your persona, you have two options. Option one, if you have already some customers, 
try to find the customers that are paying the more money to you and that are like uh, the most loyal, the one that are really like uh, basically spending the most, upselling the more, etc. and try to find as many criteria. So it's like, who's a decision maker? What type of company? What type of industry? Yeah. Did they raise money? Like how, ma- how much money do they have? Like what's the company size, etc., etc. Find all this information and reuse it to find like uh, new customers. If you don't have any customers and you're just starting your business, then try to make buckets. So try to have like different lists and you will test different approach on different lists. But for each type of prospect you have, try to have at least like 10 criteria. So industry, position, company size, fundings, time in the company, all these type of things. You can pretty much find everything on Sales Navigator with all the filters and try to fill as many filters as you can because the more filters you will have, the more narrow your message will be and your conversion will be higher. So that's like first step is really like building all this list. Getting emails is pretty easy. You have like tons of extension, Chrome extension that you can download or even like uh, get on databases. Like, uh, I don't know, like I can mention a few names. So Chrome extension, you can go check out like uh, yeah. CRM, Lead IQ, Scrap.io, Casper.io and for databases like Uplead, LeadFuse, et cetera, et cetera. So that's uh, that's kind of uh, of what you do once you have the list, and then. But by the way, by the way, sorry to interrupt, but but um, because uh, we um, are always like hiring people for our lead gen, um, what is your experience with databases? I never leverage databases. That's why I want to interject right now. Mm, Like, are they uh, like good quality or are they like bullshit? Yeah, it it really depends on the database. Overall, like databases, what they're doing is like they're scraping LinkedIn. So it's like, uh, it's basically like uh, they're doing kind of your job. But the thing is like to scrape LinkedIn, you need like a lot of resources to do that regularly because people change job and update their LinkedIn profile. So the Mm -hmm. issue you have with databases is that you might have a higher bounce rate, meaning Mm -hmm. that the address might not always be valid. So Mm -hmm. that's why I always, you know, like uh, tell people to verify their email addresses prior to sending messages. So you have tools Mm -hmm. like... uh, Bouncer, etc., that you can use that will help you to tell whether the verify email address dot com. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, but overall, yeah, like uh, I had some good experience where uh, I built some lists quickly, you know, on uh, databases and uh, and still like got some interesting leads. So that was uh, for me. It's it's good to do a bit of both. But I I do prefer you do both. Because, you do both. Yeah, but. I do both, but uh, to be honest, I uh, my sales team, for example, I tell them to only focus on LinkedIn, just because like it depends on the um, on your target. So I can I can do like database if it's uh, more I would say like uh, my second tier. So tier one is basically the the customers that are bringing the most money. For this one, I want really highly personalized. So I'm gonna find. So for example, if I would reach out to you, I would mention your podcast. I would mention like uh, mm. one or two episodes, a specific sentence that you mentioned, why I like it, and uh, and then just to build the connection and the report. Smart. So that's like the, the first thing. But if it's my tier two, for example, and these guys are more like, um, I would say like, I know them really well. I know like their position, what they're looking at. This is a brilliant <laughs> fucking strategy. Like n- I never thought about it. Like no bullshit because <laughs> because um we were like personalizing for everything. And yeah man like why like obviously because we also have leads where we know okay those are clients that are never going to buy like our stuff that is like five figures per month like not in a million years like we could like 
brilliant idea with the killers. Like, <laughs> but continue. Like the, the the call was worth it, like from the first ten minutes. But now it definitely is. So. Yeah. So basically, like yeah, you you don't have to personalize as much, and you can uh, basically narrow down based on the overall category of uh, of the person. But you don't have to go in depth to up to the detail. Like uh, who are you as uh, yeah. And, and does it affect like the deliverability that much if you if you do those or so is it like okay yeah Go so ahead. essentially for deliverability like uh, your goal there are like a thousand factors we could do like a two hours uh, course on deliverability oh man <laughs> i have to have you again on the show like <laughs> but go but, ahead yeah to, to keep it simple like uh, deliverability is whether or not your email end up in the inbox or in the spam Uh, the, the main factors are how many emails do you send? Are you sending to valid email addresses or not? Have you done correctly your technical setup, meaning setting up what we would call like the ID of your domain? So it's called SPF or DKIM. Uh, then it's uh, how like um, are you sending emails all at the same time? What we call blast, or are you doing like uh, using throttle? So it's like a, a bit like a human would do. So one message after the other. Um, and uh, and then it's like obviously, are you on any blacklist? And this happens if people put you in the spam folder all the time. And 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 what do you advise for struggles? Because we also do this, and we are like capping our emails right now at 200 emails per day. And yeah. when we have like new emails, we we obviously try to warm them up. So what do you? And and, and we I think those two 200 emails. They are going to send out like in a 16-hour window or something, and like yeah. every five minutes or so, an email gets sent out. Like, do we have to adjust this on a weekly basis because we tend to not change this? And um, yeah, no, like how, how? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Like 200 emails per day per uh, email account. I think it's uh, it's something. Can we that's, go up? Uh, uh, I wouldn't really advise. Because like uh, obviously like G Suite for example it can go up to like uh, they're saying like it's a thousand but it's not true. It's bullshit. Uh, yeah, it's bullshit. They will block you and say like, hey, I'm not sure what's going on. But the thing is like if you're if you're up to 200, I would uh, I would keep it that way and try to to get like a, potentially another sender or something. Just because the deliverability. What do you mean by another sender? Uh, so it's like for example, let's say you're sending from uh, Hardy at. Uh, hardyhabaland.com yeah, yeah exactly uh, and then you're gonna have like hardy and then you're gonna have another email that's gonna be h at uh hardy mm. so, so set up a new website is a good idea yeah no no just keep you keep the same website but uh, you just create different addresses and ah, that way each it. addresses will uh, will be sending so for example let's take my example so i've got guillaume at lemlist.com and i also have g at lemlist.com And both are mm -hmm. sending emails, but low volume. But I, I guess. Well, how much the, are you sending? 200 also? 150? Yeah, it, 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 really, it really depends because uh, right now, to be honest, I have like, I'm more on the, on the like high level. So I don't do as much as I used to do. But I, I usually do like a. In the good old days. Yeah, in the good old days, I would say I was doing like, uh, yeah, between 150 and 200 uh, emails a per day. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then what are like, sorry, I really love no, this. No, this no, is no, a masterclass for me. Like <laughs> I, I'm the marketing guy and I know how to sell stuff, but I really love to pick like the actual like cold emailing king here on, <laughs> on this topic. So um, like 
what do you think before before you continue and i want to uh, let you like finish your thought but 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 what do you think like because i'm really at the moment i can see that deliverability and open rates are f such a huge factor and we um we have optimized a lot around like sales and and actually closing the deal but i think that if we i could like get even more open rates my open rates are around like 10 percent. i think this is quite okay right or quite good Uh, no, you're, uh, you're open. Uh, open? No, no, no. Reply yeah, rates. Okay. My open okay, rates, okay. <laughs> 60%, 80% or something okay. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that's what I was going to say. So for people who don't really know like the type of... Because a lot of people think that um, sales email <laughs> and email marketing are similar. Uh, but for example, like a lot of people that are like sending, for example, a newsletter, you know, they usually have like open rate between 20 and 30% and they're super happy with it which I think for me is like really shit. So mm -hmm. it's like open rate whenever you're sending like sales email, as you said, you know, it, it has to be like uh, above like 60, 70%. Above that is good. And then reply rate, uh, if you optimize it really well, you can go uh, to 20, 25% yes. in some good campaigns. I think a lot of people are sometimes... When I get referrals, it's very easy to get 25% and even 30%. Yeah. And, and I had like one campaign where it was like, okay, I'm only like pitching people where I can say, okay, this guy referred to me, then like nearly half of the people are going to reply <laughs> or more. So uh, That's nice. Yeah, that's nice. And a lot of people are actually like um, missing replies just because they're not following up. So that's like another yes. part of the topic. It's like uh, in the Huge. US we say, yeah, in the US we say money is in the follow-up. And for mm. example, I know like French people, uh, they have like, uh, for us, so we have like um, a bit more than 10,000 customers worldwide. Uh, 80% of our market and of our customer base is based in the US. Um, and then we have like a few other places in Europe and Australia as our like big part of market. Sorry, because yeah. I want to interrupt. Sorry, because yeah. I'm super <laughs> excited. But but have you tested follow up sequences and the uh, optimum of when to follow up when you're selling someone? Like for instance, like uh, we are like currently leveraging like four follow ups. I think yeah. the yeah, first follow up goes out like after two days. The second, I think, after 14 days. The next after 21, and the last after 28. Yeah. What do you think about that? I think it's pretty good. Uh, I think you can do like four to five follow-ups overall. Uh, and then like uh, it's... Days usually, between? Yeah, I usually try to do like uh, my first follow-up. I try to keep it very like uh, close to the first one. Yes. So for also example, two days or... Yeah, two to three days. Or yeah. what you can do also sometimes it's like, uh, for example, okay, my first email is really, is really going to be about the person. I don't say who I am. I don't say what I do. I just try to bring a lot of value. So, <laughs> for example, I'm going to have like a super personalized and then like uh, I've noticed XYZ on your website wondering like what are your different type of acquisition channels right. that you're using. Um, I've seen that you could improve XYZ. I have noted a few other things that you could improve. Do you want to hop on a call for 15 minutes and see like how, how we can get there, you know, or like these type of things. So... Once I have that, then a second follow-up, it's something like very quick. It's like uh, just bumping this into your inbox and making sure you've, you've seen it. Would you be free? Let me know what you think or something yeah, like that. Yeah, let me know what you think, something a bit vague, just uh, pick curiosity, etc. Then, you know, like third and fourth, um, emails are more like uh, providing value. So at some days? point you can... Sorry? At how a, many day? days? Yeah, okay, how many so days? Wait, like, uh, I usually like wait uh, seven days after like the second follow-up. Okay. Uh, 
yeah and and then i i usually space them of seven days until the end except oh and, and yeah. did you sorry to interrupt again but yeah, yeah, but yeah, did yeah. you did you did you test this because i've never heard of someone um doing like two then 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 seven and then seven 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 yeah. I, I because i think like most people they they try to like spread it out over like two months or something like i did so yeah. did you test this or yeah we we tested this we also have like uh, some data like based on the 50 million emails sent by our customers. <laughs> this is a master class, man. Like, this, this call is worth yeah. like probably like 100k to me. So, <laughs> but it continue. So, basically, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's something that can work also really well that we, we tested. It's like, um, for example, the only time where I'm going to change kind of the space. So, I usually space it between six to seven days. I like to do like six and seven. Just because you know it's uh, it's randomized a little bit and uh, and that works a bit better and uh, but however the things that um, that we did that that works really well it's like um, whenever you're mentioning like uh, something a resource in one of your email for example you want to add like a, a success story or I don't know or something like this and you're like probably you like you can add it as like a, a PS or something like that like mm, you, you're and we're also doing that in checking like. Uh, this uh, success story of a company that's in the same industry, for example, or whatever. Mm. And actually what you do is like, when you do that, you forget to, you don't put the link in it. And uh, so people like they're expecting to be able to click on something, but they can't. <laughs> so what you do is like, if you forget the link, it's good because like you have two options. Option one is like, people are actually like saying, Hey man, I don't see the link. And then you get the conversation yeah. going, you know, so that's, that's, yeah. that's the first First option. And you Second do this option. intentionally. You do this intentionally. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I never <laughs> heard some this is this is like ten out of ten, man. <laughs> okay, go, go, go. Second option is uh, is basically like what you can do is add a follow-up to that follow-up, but much in a in a much shorter term. For example, I'm gonna send this on a Wednesday and then the Thursday, so one day later, I'm gonna send the link and my message is gonna be hey uh, hey first name. Super sorry about that. Was checking the the sent uh, messages and I saw that I forgot to put the link. So here it is. And then you put the link to the success story. And that way, you know, it's like Brilliant. it looks super natural. It looks as if you know I was checking really like the mails that I'm sending, etc. Et but it's also yeah. obviously automated. Dude, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is so 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 because um I, I also love data, obsessed with data, and <laughs> we we are we are leveraging Meshake right now. But um I'm mm -hmm. I'm now like okay, eleven. This sounds so fucking great <laughs> because um the, I also know the owner of uh, of Meshake. His name is Sujin Patel. I also had him on the podcast but um like um so 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 you've tested this uh two days two or three days and then seven 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 yeah, and seven and you do four or five seven or six four or five and you've tested this and for sure like the old like 14 days later 28 days 21 definitely it's not as good for making the sale it's no question doubt yeah and uh we can we can yeah that's for sure but this is uh, crushing for me like <laughs> whoa man like crazy okay and and another thing is like um what uh and this is actually where we're going like with uh because lemlist initially it was a tool that was doing only like cold emails but yeah. as of now like uh, we actually have like a, a private vip access to like the new platform which is like lemlist 3.0 where you can do like multi-channels so instead of just doing like uh, email, you can do email, then LinkedIn, then calls, etc. 
which mm-hmm. makes it like uh, even better because usually like something that people are are, are missing whenever they're doing like uh, like uh, cold emailing is that mm. they're 100% focusing on email which is great but sometimes they don't understand that people some people don't like emails some people don't like calls like for example if someone calls me on my phone I, d- I would not like it, but yes. I got friends whenever they get like phone calls, they really like it and they will never yes. answer to an email. Yes. And some that people really spend all their time on LinkedIn and they would answer on LinkedIn, but they forget to, to answer emails and they don't like mm. phone calls as well. So it's like, if you're doing sales prospecting, you need to be on every channels. And again, you know, it's the same as what we discussed a bit earlier, but it's like out of 100 people that, uh, that you reach out to, if 50 are happy to talk to you, fine but the rest should tell you that they're not happy talking to you, you know? So it's like, yeah. for me, it's like, unless you don't have a no, you should keep going, you know? And it's like, you should and, keep and asking. W- and, 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 and because, uh, let me tell you, I, I've told you my process. And what we do is um, when we get a reply to a message, um, yes. we, for instance, we want the, uh, uh, the whole goal of the sequence is basically getting something like, okay, t- send me more. Okay, this sounds good. Tell me more. We yeah. sent them the same. We closed all, like 90% of our clients just via email, just all, also like 5k per month uh, uh uh five figure per month year so um like i don't tend to to hop on the call um but but um i'm not even suggesting the call i'm just writing a great sales letter closing them yeah. then and there but but what we tend to do is when when someone isn't responding to the sales letter letter we send a a follow up two days later and then he gets every month for 10 months he gets a recurring um, follow up. What yeah, do you think about that? Better ways yeah. how to improve? What should I do? To be honest, I think it really depends on the, on the resources you have and how mm-hmm. fast you want to make money. Because right now, yes. essentially, what you're doing is like you're self prospecting someone. If you see that you don't have enough answer from him, you put into another funnel which is nurturing. And nurturing mm-hmm. goes for like 10 months. And I think this is great because it's fully automated. I think it yes. can work really, really well. But yes. again, if you feel like um, your prospects should know about you, because you know it's it's always the same question. So it's like why me, and then it's like why now, and the mm-hmm. the time is super important. So if you feel that the people, for example, you know that they are renewing a contract with a potential competitor, etc., and it's gonna be at the end of the month or whatever, what you want to do is call them. You know, it's like yes. and you want to go all in on sales prospecting. You want to be hard. You want to be either no or yes, but you need to mark them. So Smart. that's when I, when I advise people to do that. But in your case, you know, like if you're already like getting... Or, or, would, you, or would you do the recurring maybe um, even like in, in a shorter time frame? Like would you like, like shorten this, this cycle of like maybe following up more aggressively? Because I always tend to lean on the side of maybe doing less instead of like more follow-up like i always i always yeah. follow up i always set up recurring follow-ups and stuff but um for me this like that you've said okay like following up like every seven days for four or five follow-ups works way better than just like spacing it out over a couple of months like would you like be more aggressive or do you think that like every 30 days is enough i i get your example it's perfect like yeah, yeah. when i know but but in general yeah. speaking it's uh, for me to be honest. It's like I think it's uh, it's it's not an easy answer just because it's going to depend on the person. Uh, some people agency example, like, selling to people who have money and high ticket. Yeah, 
So if it's if you know that and if you like qualify them like uh, early on, yes. I would be like much more aggressive. I, okay. I wouldn't put them in my funnel like uh, 30 days because this is typically like what you can do on very like automatic, automatically like uh, with someone who signed up and is going to be in the lead nurturing funnel, etc. But overall, I think like people need to take decision quickly. Otherwise, it means that they don't see the value of the product and your 10 follow-up are not going to, they're just like, they will keep you in mind. Mm -hmm. But eventually, if you get replies from there, it's, it's kind of luck. It's like, okay, at some point, eventually yeah. it was the right time, etc. Yeah, most most people come from from the like like uh, the follow up sequence uh, through yeah. um, uh, like uh, in the the four follow up that I've mentioned at the start or maybe like at the first follow up. But but yeah. what I found out like like after like a f couple of months, some people follow up, but it's definitely not as high as. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think it's uh, I think it's just a matter, you know, like for me, it's the same. Like if I see someone that keeps following up with me, in. Mm very like timely i will answer you know i will say yes. no or yes but i will answer okay. for sure you know and it's uh and i think that's what you're expecting and for me that's what i expect if i if i spend time like personalizing my message etc and i don't get an answer i'm gonna follow up as hard as i can so that i get an answer because if the person mm. doesn't answer for me it's like okay you i mean you know i spend time on knowing who you were i put time in personalization it's just like basic relationship um i would um <laughs> because because we are running out of time do you have like 50 minutes more or do you have to go to a meeting or something yeah because meeting, uh, oh, okay okay at, uh, at, yeah in yeah 20 minutes 20 minutes okay then we have to wrap up so um what would you tell to everyone who's listening to this uh on email marketing um give us your best advice and maybe what would you tell me so i have to be selfish yeah? <laughs> <laughs> and first start with me like guys you are listening you can wait like we focus everything on delivering value to you now uh, it's my turn so <laughs> well uh, i've told you a little bit about like our strategy how we are working right yeah. now because i'm always asking like five questions at the end so but 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 yeah. um i've told you a little bit more about our scared strategy so so what what do you think that we could improve and by the way do you um as the last follow-up sequence you said four or five do you do the the the, the, the stuff that stelly after is doing because i know you are a fan of him like there's a goodbye email oh yeah goodbye yeah goodbye and, goodbye emails works well just because you know it's okay. like a psychological tricks to force people into several decisions like limit the choice so yes. what i what would you tell me Yeah, so to be honest, is like what people are missing when they do cold email is doing A-B test. Always A-B test. It doesn't yes, cost do you this. anything to A-B test like the subject line, A-B test the intro line, A-B test the call to action, and always mark your learnings. So that's like super important. Call to action, test different type of call to action. Test something that's very narrow, like Thursday 2 p.m. would work, question mark, or something like more open and give like two options, but not more, you know. So that's like something that's really important. Uh, make it about them. Make sure that your emails are always about the person and not about yourself, not about your service, not about your product. Test different things. Uh, so lots of people, like I see a lot of our customers are having like huge success with videos. So if you know, if you're good in front of a camera or if you don't care having a camera, just do it. Because if you see the face of the person reaching out to you, eventually it becomes like the relationship, like, I'm not sure if uh, there will be like a video recording of the podcast or whatever, but if you've been like, uh, I don't know, watching some of my videos or whatever, you, you feel like you know me already. 
And that's the power of video. Like when I watch videos of someone and then I saw, I see that person in real life, I'm like, yeah, I feel like we know, I know each this other. Person. You know? Mm-hmm. But, but it's, even if it's not true, but in sales, because relationships are like essential, really do that. So make sure to test, test like uh, photos, videos, anything that's dynamic and that's different, you should test it just because, mm-hmm. you know, it can bring like uh, amazing results. And, um, and again, like uh, make sure to really like well structure your email in the sense that you don't need, like don't use again, like don't use like newsletter tools. Cause I know like a lot of people using, for example, MailChimp or like, uh, I don't know, active campaign or tool like that to do cold emails. It doesn't work. No, You're going to no, have no, like, no. Uh, keep in mind, keep in mind these metrics. If you have like uh, less than 50% open rates, it means that your deliverability is shit and that you're using, uh, that you should like improve it and do some more testing. Uh, if you have like a reply rate that's uh, below uh, 5%, it means yes. that your targeting is off. So those two metrics are important because that way you can know what you're doing wrong. And, uh, and from there, like keep improving. And again, spend time on the targeting because uh, this is where you're going to make the most money. So narrow down as much as possible your target test different messaging and, uh, and go for it. Got it. Where can people connect with you Buy Lemlist and so on and so forth? Uh, yeah. So lemlist.com for the, for the website, if they want to test it, uh, we have like 14 day free trial and then, uh, people can just, uh, email me Guillaume at lemlist.com. And obviously like join the sales automation family. If you're interested in getting like tips about sales, about like, uh, everything is free. So it's like, uh, you don't have like any any objection not to join, basically. <laughs> if, if you listen to this two hours podcast, you have no other choice. <laughs> and you clearly saw that this guy knows what he's talking about. So um, the first out of the five rapid fire questions, um, what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? Uh, so Predictably Irrational uh, from uh, Dan Ariely. Really, really cool books. How people shape decisions, etc. Uh, Lost and Founder from uh, Ren Fishkin. Really, really enjoyed it because, uh, you know, we, we see a lot of success in startups that are raising funds and fundings, but it's basically like uh, explaining why it can also basically cost your company, cost your life and everything. So it's uh, really interesting. Uh, the Sales Acceleration Formula. So Mark Roberts from uh, HubSpot wrote really like cool book about how to hire salespeople, how to, you know, like... Uh, set up your pipe and a predictable pipe and predictable revenue. So it's, it's really interesting. That's top three. <laughs> <laughs> three most favorite movies. Um, so Snatch, really like yes, that one. Uh, Inception, just because yeah. of the whole like movie. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to state a French one. So Le Fabuleux Destin d'Amélie Poulain. I think in English, it's just Amélie Poulain or something like that. But uh, yeah, really enjoyed it as well. Every time I go abroad, I see my city, I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) Third question. Most useful product or service that you've bought in recent memory? And don't mention Lambdas now. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, yeah. Really a tool that I love. Uh, It's it's Notion. So Notion, this is where... Great tool. We've just started using it a week ago. Terrific, oh, way better than yeah. Evernote. And oh, yeah, yeah, 10 times better than uh, any wiki, any other tools like we do. Yeah. Uh, all our onboarding for new employees, cross processes, it's amazing. Fourth question most important revelations that you've had in the last couple of years? I think that the um, yeah, my re- most important revelation is basically like um, 
do what you love and you will always get the results no matter like how long it takes. It's, uh, it's just a matter of uh, being like persistent, consistent and, uh, and have like, um, yeah, do what you love. It's important. <laughs> what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Last question. Uh, stop studying and start being an entrepreneur, like launch projects, fail fast, learn and uh, start over again. It's fine. Like everything's going to be okay. <laughs> Brother, um, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you. So being so generous with your time, I hope we see you another time on the podcast. I think we've provided so, so, so much value to our audience. And um, yeah, thank you for being so generous with your advice and so on and so forth. So yeah, thanks for making Thanks a lot for having me, Hardy. I had like a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. You too. Take care. Thank you so much for listening and supporting our podcast. If you want to receive exclusive membership-only content, go to hadihabaland.com slash membership. Membership benefits include private access to me directly via monthly Ask Me Anything podcast, where you can submit questions for future episodes and get your questions answered by me personally. Benefits also include steep discounts for products we believe in so you can save money and much more. Again, Go to hadihabaland.com slash membership for exclusive membership-only content. Thank you so much for supporting our podcast. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.